listening to the Retro Guardians. Okay, now what? Buckle up. you ever bought or rented a videotape that wasn't quite right? <laughs> Groovy. Little Hand says it's time to rock and roll. Bring the noise. Hasta la vista, baby. Retro Guardians. Hi, welcome to this week's Retro Guardians. I'm Ben. And I'm Jake. And I thought, Jay, we might have to go into a subject matter which at the moment is a bit sad and and I don't like doing it, but at the same time I feel the need to do it. Just a sh short time ago we discovered that an actor from a favourite film of mine from the late 80s unfortunately disappeared at the start of the year hiking in California and his remains were only just discovered oh, recently. That doesn't sound good. No, and it's the one and only Julian Sands. Yeah. I only know Julian from one movie. And I figured that one movie might be our topic of discussion for this mm. week. And that is the 19... Depending on where you are, one thing says 89, another says 91. But that is the film Warlock, which was directed by Steve Miner, who directed Friday the 13th Part 2 and 3 in the movie House. Written by David Tooley, who would later go on to write the Riddick movies with um, for Vin Diesel, and mm. also it also co-starred a fellow English actor, Richard E. Grant, who I believe had worked with Julian on the film A Room with a View, which is sort of one of the big films he's most famous for for the yeah. mid '80s. And this is the film where I really knew Julian. Mm. And, Same, and, uh, War Warlock. Yeah. So, I think. We might as well play a bit of the trailer yeah. first, Jay, should we? Yep, why not? Let's refresh our memories. Here we go. Absolutely. In a time of fear and suspicion... You choose to admit your crimes before man and God? His coming was foretold. Now... He is here. You know the signs. You are bewitched. He has the face of an angel. Channel me a spirit. The charm of the devil. Hear me when I say he's evil. Evil absolute. And the powers of a god. <laughs> Satan also has one son. Were you the first to have laid eyes upon the new Messiah? Now, an enemy from his past. Who appointed you executioner? And a girl from the prison. Do you know what he's capable of? Next time he's gonna kill me. I'll not let him harm you are the only hope for the future. This is the terrifying adventure that could set the world on fire. Warlock. There we have it. Now, that's quite an epic trailer, isn't it? 
It was one of those trailers I saw before I, in those days before I actually saw the film. So yeah. it, all the major scenes obviously st- stood out to me. Mm. But just to sort of clarify a couple of things, I, I don't know what, what year that the movie starts off in. but I, It was I, like, um, is, is it 1691? Yeah, he's taken captive in Boston. It was during the witch, witch trials, trials yeah. yes. And... Um, it then does a sort of reverse Terminator, Jay. Right. It goes, instead of going back into the past, it goes into the future. Ah, yep. He's, yep. he's thrown into the future, and the witch hunter that uh, Richard plays sort of chases him and into it. Into, mm. It's sort of like a mini storm. Sort yes, of, yes. And he jumps into it with him. Yep. And I'm, I'm just going to say, the music in that trailer was the, you know, the classical upbeat. It was, I think it was even that music used in one of the beer ads, you know. Duh, 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 duh. Yeah, <laughs> it I, just made the whole thing seem really epic. Um, and I think it really shows um, the whole premise of this guy. Like it says he's got the face of an angel and the charm. attitude or, of a devil or something, yeah, you know. The charm but, of a... Yeah. yeah. And it's the old witches versus warlocks argument, you know, which you never really saw many movies made of warlocks. No, we had lots no, on witches, but, but not, not much on warlocks. No, so. I, I can't think of any others except no. this. Well, the Beyond. Yeah. The guy yep. at the start's said to, said to be a warlock. Yeah, yeah. But that's it. I can't think of too many where it's the major plot point either. No. So they're both thrown forward into the future. Um, also, the ironic thing, too, is they're thrown into a different area of America. It doesn't do the classic, if you jump back in time or forward in time, no. you turn up in the same spot. So they start off, I think, in Boston. Yep, and, and end up in L.A. And somehow end up in L.A. And yep. I believe it's the late 80s. Yep. And he doesn't know who, what, where. And then he smashes into a house of a waitress and a roommate. Uh, yeah. And then... He can't understand what's going on, sees a magazine with the year on it, and then he's still quite out of it. She goes to work, and we mm. discover, I think, she's actually a diabetic. Right. Cassandra with a K, which is a very big plot point that's made through the movie. Mm. Well, he gets up, and he actually uh, kills the roommate. He takes a ring off his finger, actually cuts the ring off him. It's a, it's a Scorpio. And then he finds a, a psychic up a main street and mm. can convinces her that he needs her to channel a spirit and she said well what name and he said he has many names right and we discover it's one of uh, the devil's names oh, okay Zeniel or something like that yeah and then asks why he's been brought here and satan commands him to resemble reassemble the grand grimoire which is the witch's bible sort of a, and it says something about him putting like a hex on things and yeah this goes into a lot of sort yeah. of the lore of witches and stuff yeah. that go back to the witch trials and stuff because essentially a warlock is a male witch, witch right yes yeah yeah so she uh, then meets um, the witch hunter yep and uh, he asked to see where she where he came through the window mm and then she explains, she, or she vacuumed it up. He said, open it. And then he finds a bit of his blood and he puts it on a really weird, it's mm. almost like a like an old-fashioned pendulum compass yeah. and explains that it'll move where he moves, but it'll move really fast if he's closer. Mm. And that's when we just start to discover that he isn't leading her on. Now, when he confronts the psychic, he actually takes the psychic's eyes and the eyes point in the direction of each of the pages that he's looking for. Right. So I remember all that. Yeah. And that was a standout thing. And then 
he comes back to her and discovers there's actually a piece hidden in her flat in mm. the roommates. It was one of his objects, uh, prized family possessions. Yep. And then puts a hex on her that she will age 20 years every, I think, every every day. Mm. So when we meet her, she's only 20, and then after the first day, she's she's 40, yep. and then she's 60. <laughs> yep. And then she gets him out of jail. The witch hunter's been locked up, gets mm. him out. I think it's Renfield. Am I yep. saying it right, Joe? Redfern? Redfern, sorry. It's something like that. Yeah. And there's a really great moment where he explains to her, you've aged, not aged, aging. Mm. You have to get... Something he took of yours, she says, my bracelet. He goes, you've got to get that back. It's the only way that'll stop. Mm. And then they go, it's sort of like a road trip movie with, with someone that sort of, you know, 300 and something years after his time. And, and he's still discovering things. And there's some really funny moments, like when he's in the car with her, he goes, tell me, do you drive on both sides of the road or one? One, why? And he grabs the wheel and moves it over to the other side before it hits a truck. Oh, so it really played the humour really well. Mm. Now, both men are what makes this movie work. I, Laurie Singer plays Cassandra, and that, I think she'd been in something big in the early 80s. It was, it was, I think, Footloose or something like that. I remember her for that. And then I also believe uh, there was someone else at the time who was semi-famous. I just can't think there was someone else in it that I remember from something else. I believe it, there's, a, there's a scene where he confronts a young boy. And oh, that was that with the footy yes, on the trailer. Yes, yeah. and he says that he's a witch, but he hears the the church bells ringing. He goes, "Why aren't you in the thou blah blah?" He goes, "Oh, my father doesn't believe in any of that." And he says, "A witch can't get on hollowed ground." Well, I thought witches fly. They can. Well, why don't you? He said, "Well, I, I'm missing something." What? And he pushes the boy on the swing, and then they catch up to that spot, and. Redfield asks her, the the child's mother, was he baptised? And she said, no, his father didn't believe in that. And they believe it's been attacked by a coyote or something. And mm. he tells Cassandra, there's only one thing what was taken from that boy is used for, in uh, which it's yeah. a flying potion. It's the fat of an unbaptised male child, yep. a flying potion. So shortly after this, he's able to fly. Right. Which is so very... that implies it killed the kid. Yes. And... We don't see it, but it's right. implied. And yeah. it's implied that it was a coyote attack. That's yeah. how vicious it was. So that's one of those moments I always remember. And I, I actually think it's more powerful that we don't see the body and we don't see what happened. Mm. It's actually scarier. But we then cut to a, a farm. Or we cut to a farm. And the farmer, I believe, is Mormon. Or he's one of the... It's one of the... Um, one of the religious ones, I'm sorry, I'm not sure if it's 100% that. And he starts seeing signs and he knows something's not right and he believes he's someone that knows about the witch signs and that. Like uh, the yeast doesn't rise in bread or, or, or cake, uh, a horse is sweating and something else happens and he immediately paints mm. the, the devil symbol on the side of the barn saying this is not a good sign. And they discovered that in his attic was another... It was, it was a, all things are either a desk, mm. a piano, or something else like that, that each of the pages have been hidden in. And he gets up in the thing and finds one page left and he cuts and breaks it in half and it reforms in front of him. Okay. And then he knows what it is. He knows it's a yeah. grand grimoire and, and what it's going to do. And then she goes, but if this thing's so important, why would he leave it behind a page? And that's when he knows he's there mm. and they confront each other for the first time since the past. 
Okay. And we discover he can also move things now as well very strongly. Mm. So we go through several moments. We also discover salt. I believe salt yeah. has a big effect on on, yeah. on on warlocks. So that was one thing. But there's a very memorable scene where he blinds the, the farmer by is the that, farmer staring in his eyes. Mm, was that where he threw soil from the sacred ground? That's a bit later. Okay. But there's a great scene where he tries to help the farmer, but the, she's getting older and she can't. And she said, you need to get... The, um, the thing off him. Or, and he says, why won't you help me? Because And he goes, I have to help this man. Well, there's this great moment, and it's a very memorable moment. He's walking around in barefoot, and he explains to her, take a nail and a hammer and hit it in his footprints. And each time she does it, it hurts him. It kills him. Oh. It's a really okay. memorable scene with both feet, but he falls over and hits... Mm. a mound of earth and his head is exactly in line where do you think she does ah, this time right and then he gets on a train and she's trying to and sees the amulet of the bracelet and tries to chase him down to grab it but she hits him with a hammer and falls over yeah. we think he get and he gets away and then she realizes that the on the hammer is actually the bracelet yeah she yeah. gets it back and she's renewed to her proper age he does uh uh renfin did, does this thing with keys or something over his eyes he said just move them Every hour or so, and within a couple of days, his sight will return. Tells the the farmer's uh, daughter and that, and and son, and then she tries to leave him, and he says, "We can't. We have to finish this." Now, at first, she doesn't want to, then realizes she has to. Mm. And there's a great scene when they get on a plane, and he freaks out because he can't sort of comprehend that they're flying, and they and she also sees a certain you know who is in the uh, airport as well. Mm. And we discover that he got on the plane as well in the baggage. They get to the major place, which is Boston. We discover his that the last page was hidden on hollow ground, and we discover it from a priest. When they leave, he confronts the priest and his pregnant wife and says, if you don't tell me what I want to do, you'll, she'll have a miscarriage, which is very threatening. But there's this great moment when they find the... Um, find, the, find the, the graveyard and we actually find that it's actually been hidden in his own grave. Right. The, now, that's got to mess with your head. Yeah. Unfortunately, the whole place was uh, blessed. You know, the earth was blessed. Mm. However, there's been some damage with sewage, so they're actually moving the graveyard over a bit. She figures out that it's actually one side is fine, one side is dangerous. Where the grave now is is the dangerous side. He can get to it. Mm. So there's a really great scene with that. They get into a great fight. He gets into a fight to try and save her from him and we find out that the warlock actually killed his lover and that's why he wants this guy he's been he became a witch hunter all that's discovered sounds like it's a big intertwined story yes Mm -hmm. and there's a really great memorable ending we think we've lost and obviously we get the upper hand in a very original way now like i said david tooley went on to co-write movies like the fugitive I believe he worked on, I, I'm not 100% sure, but I think Terminal Velocity was another one. So he really knew how to write action and good characters. He's, like I said, he's most famous now for doing the Riddick series, um, which um, is probably the most famous thing he's done. I think he did Arrival with um, Charlie Sheen. That was an alien one. And Steve Miner. Now, Jay, me and you really knew Steve because of the, the first... He did directed the Friday Part 2 and Friday Part 3, yeah. as well as House, mid-1980s with um, William Catt. Mm-hmm. So we, he'd done it. And the amazing thing about this guy, he actually got to very uh, venture out 
into different kinds of movies. He was actually lucky in the in the nineties to do different kinds. He did uh, Forever Young with um, Mel Gibson and Jamie Lee Curtis. He did My Father Hero with Gerard Butler, uh, Gerard Depardieu, and um, I can't remember the name of the main guy in that. Big Bully did a lot of comedies. Uh, then he did Halloween H2O with Jamie Lee. Again, they worked together on that. He did Lake Placid with, um, oh, what was the main guy in that? I can't think. That was a fun sort of horror comedy one. I can't remember the main actor's name on that. And I'm just trying to remember off the top of my head. It was Bill Pullman. That's who I was trying to think of. Bridget Fonda, Oliver Platt. That's right. And then he did uh, Texas Rangers, which was a Western. That had a lot of people in it. And a few of his later films I haven't seen, but I always knew his name. Um, and he was second unit director on one of my favourite films, Night of the Creeps. Yes, because Fred Decker, who wrote House, mm. which was his first job, also uh, wrote and directed Night of the Creeps, and he helped him on that. And I also believe Steve was the assistant to Sean S. Cunningham who okay. did the original Friday the 13th and also helped work on the original uh, mm. Last House on the Left, which was directed by Wes Craven, because that, that was all the same group at the time. So our main star. Yeah. Um, this was the big one, and he went on after this to do Arachnophobia, Jay, which is another favourite of mine. Mm-hmm. And um, I think we should touch on what happened to him, if that's all right with on- you. Um, who are we talking? Julian. Julian. Julian Sands. He plays our warlock. Which is what made him famous in the horror era yep. for a very long time. I had I'm... no idea he was in arachnophobia. Yeah, he plays actually the good guy. He plays the professor. Mm. Yeah. So just to name a few films this guy had been in, uh, uh, he worked constantly. This is not a guy that sat still too long. I mean, um, Vibes was a movie with um, Jeff Goldblum and Cindy Lauper. I remember seeing him in that. Uh, he was also in um, Naked Lunch, the David Cronenberg film about um, William S. Burroughs. Uh, he did do a second Warlock Jay called Armageddon, which was 1993. I remember that one. That was more violent, more gross than the, the first one. But he did a lot of television. He did a lot of uh, different kinds of movies, not just horror. He worked in drama. He worked in thrillers, science fiction. I remember he did Dario Argento's... Uh, Phantom of the Opera in the late 90s. Uh, he constantly worked. This was a guy, and I think I saw him in something not too long before, uh, a couple of years ago, and something for television. I'm just trying to remember the year of it. Stop. We're Doomed, yeah. He played John LaMajora in the TV film We're Doomed, The Dad's Army Story, and that was the first time I'd seen him in something that wasn't sort of horror in a while. He'd done a couple of appearances in a lot of television, but, yeah, I remember him in that. He, he did a good John LaMertra, which I was really impressed with. So he's been in lots of stuff. Um, Warlock was probably the only thing that ever rung bells with me. And Arachnophobia? Yeah, well, I didn't know he was in that until now. But um, What I do know, he moved out to, uh, to California hmm. after that film and pretty much stayed there. I mean, he worked pretty much... Oh, hang on, he was in a Jackie Chan movie. That was the other one I was trying to think of. The Medallion, two, yeah, early yeah. 2000s. Mm. That's the other one I was trying to think of. I knew he'd been in something. And I think he even did guest stars on Smallville and a few other shows as well. He had a very distinct voice. Mm. And I think he was in a martial arts movie that my brother liked with... Um, what was his name? Um, I can't think. It'll come to me in a minute when I'm talking to Jay. But... I think it was called Bone, if I'm not mistaken. 
But mm. um, this guy worked a lot. And But what I do know, he was a, a experienced hiker. That's what he did. He did a lot of hiking all his time in California. He was sort of famous for it. Mm. And, um, it's... and sadly, as you mentioned, uh, January this year, 2023, just after his 65th birthday, he went missing um, somewhere up in Mount Baldy, California. Yeah, but this guy had done it regularly. I, mm. I remember hearing his family said. Yeah, he was apparently quite a dedicated and experienced mountaineer. Yeah, so I thought, and it said there that it was something like 40 plus years that that area hadn't had that kind of... Um, yeah, flood or yeah, rainfall, yeah. Yeah, so that's another thing that it's it's sad to say, you know, we you know he didn't know. I think if he'd known, he wouldn't have gone out there. Yeah. But I also have have to say at the same time, I salute him because he was doing what he loved. He, yeah. he loved mountain climbing and, and hiking. So, And it was only yesterday that the remains were... that were Well, sorry, the remains were found on the 24th of June, 2023, and it was just yesterday, the 27th, that's the day before we're making this recording, that yes. um, he was actually identified. I do know they were out there looking for him for a long time yeah. and they had to pull the search, and they only had gone out again, I think, five months after he had... Uh, yeah, so I, like June 19th, which is not yeah. that long ago, which is amazing, and then they finally found him. So quite a sad ending there to... Um to Julian, if you've uh, seen Julian's life uh, for everyone that's on Facebook, that's mm. all I've seen in the last two days. There's so many posts, yeah. so many upbeat. A lot of the, the horror conventions, I'm a lot of their websites, and yep. that's all I'm seeing is people posting photos and autographs with the guy. Mm. I mean, he was pretty regularly in those circles. We never got to meet him, which is a shame. I wish I could have. Mm. And but I have to say, Jay, I don't think. That warlock's going to be forgotten anytime soon. No, it'll probably come back on some of the streaming platforms. And but stuff. before I finish, also he was in the Killing Fields, which was a film we watched when we were in high school yep. about uh, the Camarouge mm. in the late uh, late sixties. Yep. Uh, he actually plays a decent guy in that. He, he specifically with um, John Malkovich a lot. Yep. So I remember him in that as well. And that was my discovery of him doing non-horror things, Jay, which mm. was a fun thing at the time. But um, no, he, he, he was a very well-read and very... I wouldn't be shocked if he did a lot of theatre. He just had that theatre presence about him. Yeah. But yeah. I just love guys like that. They just eat up the scenery. And he was so good with so little at times. Just a look or just a glance of him worked. There's some really good... I Just going off subject... He had some really great moments in arachnophobia too. He's not been the bad guy in that. He's actually been a, a decent sort of professor who everyone talks to when it, when it comes to spiders and happens to discover a particular new species in Venezuela. You know what, Jay? I think we might have to do that as a, as yeah. a show or if we haven't already done that. Not do it, but yeah. I can't tell. These all blend together too no, often. No, no, we haven't done that one yet. Thank so. you. Just making sure, folks. Just making sure. I don't want to bore you too much. Or have say. we? I think we have. Oh, man. See, we can't tell. Anyway. Oh, we'll check after this. But no, this film, I would definitely give it a 7 out of 10. Mm. The other thing quickly to mention was Carl Fullerton did the makeup effects on this film. Carl had worked on the second Friday the 13th. That's what I remember him for. So I want to talk a bit about the money factor of this movie. So it was made for fifteen million, but unfortunately, took in nine million um, at the box office. So, which company was the that, behind that, this? That's what I wanted to talk to you about. I believe one of the companies either went under or something right. was going wrong as they were releasing. I think it, it was Paramount, wasn't it? No, um, it yeah. There we go. It actually oh, filled into, but it filmed into a limbo. 
when it was actually New World Pictures, which was Roger Corman's former studio. Yeah, they had a hard time and it got shelved for a couple of years before uh, it was a Trimark mm. Pictures. They did a lot of little horror films in the early 90s. I remember Dolly Dearest was one. I do believe they did the second Warlock because it turned into a big success on mm. video. It uh, became a very popular one there. And I always remember that that symbol, Jay, the Trimark symbol at the start, I don't think it was around for too long in the 90s, but I, I, I do remember. I do remember it. Was that the one with the horse or something? That was Tristar. Tristar. It was like oh, a, okay. a, it was, yeah, it was like a... A lion, a, yeah. A lion or I, a tiger, yes. I don't remember too many movies with that um, logo. But yeah, um, so I, I don't know, maybe this helped uh, them go under <laughs> by losing money. I don't know. But nevertheless, it um, picked up quite a cult following afterwards. And so ninety three. The actual what... um, reviews were quite re- uh, mixed as well, weren't they? Yeah, I know a lot a of people... low budget fantasy adventures. And also, a lot of people felt it was too Terminator like. I do remember that. Well, yeah, in a way, but... yeah, it was reverse Terminator, as I say. But I didn't see that as a negative. I mm. thought there was an interesting idea to take two people from the late sixteen hundreds and throw them into the late nineteen eighties. Yeah. I thought. That's would you, an interesting would you call idea. it a horror? Yeah, I would, only because it does go into certain horror moments. Yeah, it's sort of, others are describing it more as like a, a fantasy. Or, fantasy you know, horror thriller, thriller is yeah. what I think people would call it these days. I do think it has a lot more love these days. Mm. I do th- believe that. It, it sort of, it was a video success movie. Yeah. Yeah, so because of the limbo and stuff, the sequel was called Warlock the Armageddon. Yeah. Sands comes back. But there's no continuation with the storyline. Mm. And how he's brought back is to do with a prophecy of the end of the world and all that. And once again, he has to find some, um, I think it's certain stones to create a ritual that would bring about the Armageddon. But it, it, it's brought up, brought on by an eclipse that will end the week with an eclipse. So he has like six days he has to do it. So the time the time pressure of this always works when you have a, a time limit or, or a clock you've got to work against. So the second one... Is a sequel. Yeah, but, but there then was there a, was a third as well in '99. But I apparently it had it. sort of no ties at all to this. Yeah, was Bruce it? Like Payne a, was in it. Separate um, storyline. Bruce Payne plays the warlock. Bruce was in. Um, uh, he's also English. He was in. Don't know what. Uh, was Passenger Fifty Seven, and he was in another film with Denzel. So have you have you actually seen the third one? No, I just saw the trailer, and yeah. I as soon as so it was the same company. Yeah. But it wasn't Julian. As far as I'm not concerned, that's Julian's role. I wouldn't have watched yeah. it. Bruce is a good actor, and he's but, a good can yeah. play good bad guys. But I'm like, no. It's got the real 1990s, like late 90s vibe, like H2O cover. You know, like the yeah. the whole um, cast on the cover looking all sad. I don't know. It doesn't really look great. So um, I haven't seen it. I I actually wouldn't mind seeing one and two again. Um, but. I I haven't seen this recently enough to be able to give it a um, a score. There's one other thing I want to talk about: um, a copycat murder. So in '95, a 14 year old kid um, was contemplating suicide, but he claims a spirit told him to kill somebody else, and ended up um, killing someone, a, another um, child, I think. But anyway. Um, a terrible story, terrible story. It, but he claims um, that this was as a result of him being obsessed with the film Warlock and that he's murdered somebody based on some of the concepts out of the film. Every so often a movie gets blamed for yeah. this. And you and I are not uh, lost to that. No. I'm not 
condoning it and I'm also not um, defending it. Look, but I mean, everyone's different, aren't they? And I yes. don't know if you can cl- can blame it on a movie. You've seen some pretty messed up movies at very young ages and you don't go around killing people. No, I don't. But I also <laughs> you know, like, think these days people hide behind more excuses. But yeah. we're not getting into politics or any no. of that crap now. We're not no. here to talk about that. Yeah. We're here to talk about what we enjoy, mm. which is movies, True. pop culture and everything 80s, 70s and even earlier and stuff even but, from yeah. the 90s. So this is a completely different thing. Mm. But anyway, I thought that was interesting anyway that um you know the, the movie had that uh, copycat murder blame what on. i what i can um, tell you also was i did like the vibe of it it was those effects of the late 80s the pra- practical and yeah. the optical effects of that period the, the video effects uh, they, they were primitive but, but they, for that, that time it, it cool worked for the yeah 80s, and it, you know, it dates like, it but what that's what see. made it memorable yeah. There's a really great scene involving when he ta- when he's fighting. Yeah, it was like a it, fire or something, wasn't it? You no, know, when he's on top of the 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 the, um, the barn and that mm. when he's in the farm, he takes off one of those old fashioned sort of um, wind slash rooster. Um, oh, they all have them, and uh, throws it. It pulls it out and actually throws him like a spear at him. Well, mm. he later stabs him with it and is able to use that against him to find him. So I thought that was really cool. But the effect of that, you can tell it's it's that period when you see it in the movie. Now, apparently, there's also a game, which I knew nothing about. Neither it did was I. Um, no, neither did Acclaim I. Entertainment, which is one of the That's a big one. well-named companies, released a video game for the Super Nintendo and Sega Genesis in 95. And Mega Drive. Um, I knew nothing of this. No, um, I think now you and I have got a reason to go look uh, for it. It's a side scroller. Yeah, it's still fine. Uh, and there was apparently also a Jaguar version for the Atari, which was planned but never released. But um, it plays to the second film more than the first film. Yeah, okay. But still, it's interesting to to understand a movie like the crap this. Scores though, like two out of five stars for the SNES and one out of five stars for the Mega Drive. Like. Wow. It's yeah. I don't think it's really going to be uh, on anyone's list to play anytime soon, really. Or their bucket list, to be oh. honest. Um, cool. All right. So, what was your final score again for this one? I'll give it a seven out seven. of ten. Okay. I really will. Yeah. Um, he was a good actor. Mm. I just think most people pigeonholed him because of these kind of roles. But the guy, when he was on the screen, you couldn't take your eyes off him. And like I said, you could tell he'd come out of a theatre background which is always a plus in my opinion. And like I said, playing off Richard, playing his opposite, was just, that made it work. I think those two guys in the film is what makes the film work. It's mm. them going against each other. Mm. So definitely put it on you to watch list and RIP to an underappreciated actor that should have got more credit than didn't. But I know that the fan base out there loves and respects him and I know he's not going to be forgotten anytime soon. Mm. Well said. All right. Thanks, everybody, for listening to another episode of Retro Guardians. I'm Ben. I'm Jay, and we'll see you again soon. Have a lovely night. Bye. Bye. Retro Guardians.